Welcome to Ganjapreneur, helping Ganjapreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Ganjapreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Ganjapreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Wes Abney. Wes Abney is the founder, publisher, and editor of The Northwest Leaf, Washington's longest-running cannabis magazine since 2010. Now publishing in Oregon as well, the magazines distribute 35,000 copies monthly to medical and recreational cannabis users. Wes is a vigilant cannabis activist journalist, medical patient, and a dedicated husband and father. Welcome, Wes. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Shingo. As one of the first cannabis magazines in the country, you've been reporting on cannabis activities on the fringe of legality for a long time. How did you manage staying legal and not outing any gray market producers when the laws themselves are usually so darn vague? Well, you know, it's been an exploration and a process over the years. I still remember quite vividly my first trip to a grow, to a garden in 2010. And we got in the back of this SUV and the characters who will remain unnamed looked back at us and they said, all right, time to put the blindfolds on. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I was not having it. From day one, I was like, look, you know, we don't have to have your face or your name, but if we're going to treat this like it's legal and we're going to treat this like it's journalism, then, you know, we're going to treat this like it's something safe and normal. And ultimately, since it's just a plant, the only fear is really from the government. That's really interesting, too, because a lot of growers, their headspaces are still in the prohibition era. I can imagine that both you and your journalists are constantly running into issues with, you know, producers where they want you to blindfold you, like you said, or they'll go so far in their answering questions. And then suddenly you can feel this invisible wall come up. Well, with the leaf, people know that it's going to be going public. So before we even get to an interview point, we do kind of go over things of that nature. But, you know, I think that over the last five or six years in the cannabis industry, things have progressed to the point where people are all over Instagram with their gardens and all over the internet. And so luckily at this point, you know, we kind of know what boundaries to ask about certain areas where we don't ask. And we try to focus on what people are doing that's cool, that's innovative, that's creative. And, you know, in the medical end, what's helping patients and keep focused on that. I can imagine that, you know, having a really good conversation at the outset, you know, to set up boundaries before you start the formal interview really helps you as a publisher because that kind of pushes the onus of safety and legality back onto your interviewee, your guest, because, you know, if, if they decide to say something, it's not up to you to determine whether or not it's legal or not. It's up to them to decide where that line is, because, you know, in a lot of states, the laws are abstract still. What is legal is up to interpretation. Well, I think the the important thing to do is remember that all of this is federally illegal from the get-go. But, you know, having that conversation in the beginning is really helpful and letting people know kind of what to expect. A lot of people have been shocked when we've showed up to do an interview and we bring in full studio lighting even. And so just letting people be prepared for the idea that, hey, you're going to be, you know, putting yourself in the public eye for something that 
just a few short years ago, you would have been scared to tell anyone but your closest friends or family that you did. So it's definitely a major shift for a lot of people. But on that same note, it's also very exciting. And for the most part, the hardest part is containing people from, you know, being overly excited. So it's it's a good problem to have, I suppose. Well, in along those same lines, have you ever had somebody who was excited and then did an interview with you, but then they wanted to renege it? They're like, oh, my God, what did I say? Or I don't want to be in the magazine anymore. You know, we've had a couple issues over the years, and we kind of follow the doctor's oath in the sense of do no harm. So we always want to highlight and help protect people. And, you know, the worst thing that I could ever imagine would be having someone get in trouble because we wrote something about them or a quote was taken out of context or any of the many things that can happen. So we have had people request certain photos be removed certain quotes not be used. And we're always really happy to accommodate where a normal journalistic publication, you know, say like the Seattle Times, they would never give someone the time of day on removing something. We're a little more sympathetic because although we are journalists, we're advocate journalists and we're here to help people. You know, that's a really great perspective. I've experienced that myself when people have reached out to interview me. You know, if it's cannabis journalism, it kind of feels like they're on my side. But some of the other more national pop publications, it really feels a lot more like gotcha journalism where they're dying for me to say something inexact that they can kind of run with. Well, they really are. And, you know, there have been cases where people's statements have been taken out of context and used against them in mainstream media, whether it's, you know, within a community or even legally. We have to be very careful as a community what gets said to press. And, you know, even realistically, to someone like myself, I have had people confess things that weren't what I would feel comfortable with legally. And, you know, again, since our goal is to protect, it's something that we have actually cut interviews because of people saying things uh, that we didn't feel comfortable with. But we're not in that role of gotcha style journalism. But for sure, you know, if the Seattle Times catches you saying something uh, inappropriate or a publication like that, you can expect that it's going to be printed. Do you find that you're ever trying to help people in the cannabis industry who may have, you know, got gotten in the popular press? And so maybe you'll run something that helps kind of set the record straight? I think that we're always trying to set the record straight. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the last couple of years have been really frustrating for me watching the editorial boards, say like the Tacoma News Tribune or the Olympian or even the Seattle Times and watching them vilify medical cannabis and vilify the industry that has sprouted up from it. And so I feel like, you know, every issue, what we're trying to do is correct stigmas or perceptions that people have created. And, you know, in, in terms of individual cases, we're writing this month about a couple who have faced federal charges for doing something that they thought was state legal. And in the media, they weren't given a real fair shake. And a lot of people, even in the community, don't realize that the people are still going to jail for this. So we're always trying to correct that and help people realize that this is safe, it's a plant, and that we deserve to have access to it. So Wes, you're very much a startup. And as is the case with startups, uh, employees come and go. And watching your publication for so long, I've seen journalists come and go, different photographers. Do you find that it's hard to get a cohesiveness in the magazine itself with people coming and going and kind of living on the edge and being a pioneer in this industry? You know, it's very much about being open about what kind of employees you want to attract and what your expectations are of them. Our core staff of writers have been with us since pretty much the very beginning. Uh, Dr. Scott Rose has been writing our naturopath section, 
health and sciences for, gosh, almost four years now. Our main photographer has been with us this whole time. Uh, the areas where I've had the most kind of turnover have been in sales or deliveries or kind of the more mundane uh, aspects, shall we say, of running a, a magazine. But as far as our core writing staff, we've been very blessed to have great voices on our staff. And most of them are really dedicated to the leaf and to the message that we're putting out there. And for a startup, I mean, that's absolutely essential is to know that you can count on your people to show up. And for a writer, you know, meeting deadlines is huge. And we've had in Oregon, especially a few hiccups in the first year. And you smooth that out and you get things going. And and like I said, we've just been really lucky to to retain good people. And I guess with, with you yourself being founder, publisher, and editor, so long as you're at the helm and as long as you can keep yourself straight, you're probably the guiding rudder that kind of keeps things consistent. I've been jokingly called the rock by a few of my employees. <laughs> and you know, the truth is I wear a lot of hats in the business. It's not uncommon for me if a delivery driver doesn't show up to go out and do deliveries on certain routes. I serve as a bill collector, I serve as an invoice writer, I serve as an advertising salesperson uh, down to, you know, running booths at festivals. So I do a little bit of everything and the truth is that I love this industry and I love this plant that has allowed me to have a voice as a journalist. And so for me it's always just been fun and even after, you know, five years of a lot of hard work and looking at oh, many more years of hard work. It's never lost that funness, and I try to pass that along to all the people that we bring into the LEAF and share the passion and keep things going in the right direction. Well, yeah, now you really sound like you are startup wearing uh, many hats. Well, we've got to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gondrepreneur will return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. 
Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer, Dr. Dina, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lowe's. And our guest this week is Wes Abney, publisher of the Northwest Leaf and the Oregon Leaf Cannabis Magazine. Before the break, we were talking about the similarity of cannabis publications being like a startup. And, you know, people all through our industry are all in startup mode. Even people who are experienced in other industries and have brought their skill set to cannabis now suddenly feel like they're in a startup. So, Wes, you know, the Northwest Leaf survives on ad revenue. And I would expect that you'd have many advertisers that either are prohibition or heritage growers of cannabis and so have never really had to advertise or folks who have advertised in different industries that don't understand how kind of wild west advertising can be in cannabis. So like, do you find it more difficult to work with advertisers in this industry than other industries? And do you find that you're teaching advertisers how to advertise? Over the last five years, it's definitely been an evolution in what we're seeing from clients. You know, five years ago, we had Word document ad files being sent over pretty regularly and just really low demographic style advertising. But today, I find that the industry is growing so professionally that we've had agencies starting to step in and start creating professional marketing strategies for companies, which has been a relief for us. But that being said, I mean, we still on a monthly basis are sitting down with clients and essentially building out marketing platforms for them and plans. And I'm a big advocate of marketing your business, obviously, because that's part of what I do, but not just in print, but online through social media, through different avenues. And we're always working with our clients to be as successful as possible, because if they are successful, they can continue to advertise with us. And so we're working to always to refine people's messages in their advertising and make sure that obviously there's nothing derogatory, nothing of a sexual nature but also making sure that they're reaching the people that they want to reach, which has been a curve over the last few years. You know, the, the derogatory part is an interesting aspect of it. I know that the MJBA Women's Alliance is very active in making sure that there's as little to no advertising out there as possible that degrades women in the cannabis world. Do you have like any kind of standards for your magazines about the kinds of ads that you wouldn't take because they're demeaning to women? Since day one, we've had a no sexualization policy. And that's, you know, for me as a father of daughters, I want them to be raised in a world where they're recognized for, you know, their accomplishments and not just for how they look. And the same thing is my approach with cannabis. You know, I view the plant as a gift to us. And I've never thought that we needed sex to sell a plant or sex, especially to sell a medicine. And that's been our biggest line we've drawn. But of course, we would never take an ad from someone that's derogatory or slams another company or unfoundly targets another company or is making outright trademark violations or things of that nature. And, you know, mainly that's to protect our clients and their image, but it's also to protect us on the back end to make sure that we don't have any issues with our readers or legally. 
And you know, that's probably one of the reasons why your magazine kind of sets itself aside as being um, so professional because you do, you know, listening to you describe it, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's true. I don't see demeaning ads and I don't see your advertisers taking subtle pot shots at each other. It's all very on the up and up. I bet you that kind of creates more of a family environment. I don't mean like families will read your magazine together, but that you and your advertisers are working together like a family to get the word out about good cannabis. Absolutely. And we are a family in this industry. We're a community that has for the last hundred years or so been persecuted. And if you go to the wrong state right now, all of us who enjoy our, our legal comfortabilities, you know, whether you're a 502 producer or not, or something along those lines, you go to the wrong state and you're looking at prison time. And so we do try to build that sense of family and community, both with our advertisers and our readers. And, you know, something that's always been important to me is that no matter what age you are, as long as you're over the age of 21, you should be able to pick up the leaf and find something interesting, find something useful and learn something new. And in fact, you know, I do really encourage people especially grown-ups in their 30s or 40s, to talk to their parents who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s and take the leaf to them and share with them the idea that cannabis is a medicine. And, you know, people do sit down as families and read the leaf and share the information. And I've heard many, many stories of how people's lives have been changed by access to cannabis and access to information to cannabis. And that's what keeps me really passionate about helping serve this industry. You know, as a reader of both your first magazine, The Northwest Leaf, and then second magazine, The Oregon Leaf, I know that a lot of the articles are education and there's a whole bunch of current events covered, but also there is some investigative journalism as well. And it's always interesting and surprising and cool to read those because a lot of niche magazines don't really bother with that. They just do the current events and that's it. What would you say is you know one of your investigative pieces that you're most proud of as the publisher? You know, it's hard to pick just one one since we've published so many great stories i think over the years but you know the biggest thing that i would say i was proud of that was a little bit difficult was trying to expose the different areas in which uh, initiative 502 wasn't being really helpful to the true kind of legalization term and you know it's been a definite razor's edge for us to walk as the patient's voice supporting also 502 businesses and we want to serve both industries. And I think, you know, the biggest thing for us has been trying to expose where laws are wrong or where laws are flawed and how patients or recreational users should be protected from those. But beyond that, I mean, we've looked into issues like banking, into different criminal cases. And I'll tell you, sometimes when you look into a criminal case, you think it all makes sense. And then you find out something else and the whole world starts getting turned upside down. And so there's so many different aspects of this industry that are changing. We're always trying to investigate and look into them and see how we can educate people and help keep them safe and out of trouble. So with your new magazine down in Oregon, the Oregon Leaf, that's got to be a different process than when you first decided to start the Northwest Leaf being your first magazine in cannabis. What have been the major differences that you've experienced from the first time bootstrapping the Northwest Leaf to your second time doing the Oregon Leaf, which while you may have done it once, now is an entire state away? You know, it's been a learning experience. Although I will say this, I do regularly run down and have lunch in Portland and I'm home for dinner uh, with the kids down and back in a day. So it's not too far away, but at the same point, it's been a, a learning experience. The biggest thing I would say that has been different 
is adapting to just the legal aspects. You know, I'll go down to Oregon and I'll mention access point, which is a term we use up here for collective garden access points. And people look at me very confused. And so we've had to learn to kind of adapt to the laws and to the nature of how their industry is set up. But for the most part, you know, people love our model, which is bringing local targeted information that that people care about. And it's been pretty easy to get started down there. Our readers have loved us since the first issue down there. And we've eased into the business end of things and let the industry know that, hey, we're here to serve the industry as much as we are to potentially profit off of it. And I think that going to Oregon has really helped me refine my business model for how I want to expand into future states. And the biggest goal for us in that is just complementing the industry, serving the industry, and helping people have a voice while sharing our own. It probably didn't hurt, too, to uh, have most of the people in Oregon be readers already of the Northwest Leaf so that when they got their own imprint, they're like, oh, yeah, we have a frame of reference for this. We trust this. And people, they feel really special knowing that we're not just the same magazine down in Oregon as we are in Washington. And having the ability to do different stories and feature different products, often I get a little bit jealous, actually, of my writers down in Oregon and some of the beautiful products that they get to review. There's so much cool things happening in the industry and great innovative products being developed. I'd say that, you know, we've never had a shortage of things to write about. And for the readers in Oregon, it's been a gift to be able to treat them with this kind of information. Well, we're going to take another short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. 
We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shangolos. And our guest this week is Wes Abney, publisher of the Northwest Leaf and the Oregon Leaf Cannabis Magazines. So Wes, I know that your business is very much family oriented. You're a very active father and husband, and you also involve your wife, Corey Marie, uh, very significantly in the magazine. So do you two find it that it's hard to leave your work at the office when you both share the same work concerns when you get home and there suddenly you are over the dinner table, probably really tempted? to talk about work? You know, it is a little bit of a challenge, especially since I run a home office currently. And it's also been the most beautiful thing about Northwest Leaf for me has been the fact that Corey and I are able to work together on the magazine, that I'm able to be at home for the most part, although I am on the road a lot doing photo shoots, interviews, things of that nature. But when I'm working from home, I can be writing a story and take a break and go play with my kids for a half hour or even do the dishes or something as mundane as that. But, you know, having that freedom has really allowed it to blossom. And, you know, I think that there are definitely some times where either Corey or I will say, hey, let's just not talk about work right now because it does creep into the everyday life. But on that same note, we're just really thankful for the fact that we can be supported in life by operating a magazine and serving the readers of Washington and Oregon. And for the most part, I'm just reminded every day of the blessings of of being able to be a father and enjoy the early years of my daughter's growth and being able to be there for them. It's been wonderful. I think too that having someone who you trust enough to marry and be the mother of your children would be an incredibly good person to also help you run your magazine. Somebody that you know that you can trust and have good communication with when the chips are down. Absolutely. And, you know, trust and communication are the foundations for any good business relationship or personal relationship for that matter. And, you know, part of it too is being able to, in a fair and helpful way, say, hey, I don't think that idea is going to work or I don't really like that idea. And, you know, having that communication has been the best thing for the LEAF on my end of things is being able to know which directions to take it, how to serve the readers, and having Corey and I and Daniel and the rest of our staff, you know, we all communicate with each other And sharing those ideas is what has allowed the Leaf to really have the personality that it has as a publication. You know, Wes, you've been a champion of terpenes for a long time now. I mean, you've had a couple different issues that have featured articles and you've had it on the cover. And, um, you know, you're one of the people that is not afraid to say, hey, listen, it's a lot more than just THC in cannabis. It's terpenes. It's the smell. That is what makes the uniqueness of the high. That's where the medicine is really. Tell us a little bit about that and why you're so passionate about terpenes specifically. Sure. Well, I've always, like you said, been a champion of the idea that it's not just THC. And, you know, the entourage effect is really what allows the cannabinoids in the plant to work with terpenes and flavonoids that are also there. And, you know, I always tell people who don't smoke cannabis, the same limonene in a lemon or a lime is the same in your super lemon haze. And, you know, it blows people's minds to think that, for one, cannabis is so similar to other plants that we already, or vegetables or fruits that we already interact with, And that it kind of breaks down that stereotype of pot being this dangerous, scary drug. And that's what allowed us to kind of leap into tannins and terpenes, which is an annual issue of our magazine that we've been doing for the last four years, 
where we pair wines with cannabis based off of their tannin and terpene similarities and opening the doors to people's minds that this is in the sense that wine is different from all over the world in different regions and there's different styles and flavors. That's the exact same thing with cannabis. And to celebrate organs legalization, we're actually doing our first tannins and terpenes event this September where we're going to allow people to come out for free and sample small, small amounts of alcohol, but pair it with cannabis and learn about how terpenes affect flavors and how they affect also your body's interaction with the cannabinoids that we know and love. That sounds like it's going to be really great outreach for the community. And, you know, there's communities all over the country that are, you know, moving towards normalization. And there's probably other people, you know, like yourself who have got this vision to help bring their community together by starting a magazine like you've chosen to do now twice. If you were to give one piece of advice to the folks that are thinking about starting a magazine in their own community, what would you tell them? I would say to be confident in your messaging and in your platform. And, you know, without getting too far into the black hole that print is in the mainstream world, there is a little bit of advantage being in such a high demand industry like cannabis for starting print. But ultimately, it's about having a solid message and a solid platform and a solid voice. And, you know, when we work each month on the leaf, it's that voice that allows us to continue doing what we do and stay passionate. And that would be my advice to anyone who wants to start any way of reaching people, whether it's a magazine or a website or a blog or even a podcast, you know, have your messaging be solid. We need more voices and I encourage people to, to share theirs. Right on. Well, thanks for chatting with us, Wes. I really appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing your views. Wes Abney is publisher of the Northwest Leaf and the Oregon Leaf magazines. You can find the Gontrepreneur.com podcast right here on the Cannabis Radio Network website. You can subscribe to the podcast in Apple iTunes Store, or you can listen and read interview transcriptions on our home website of Gontrepreneur.com. Thanks a bunch to Brasco for producing this show. I am your host, Shango Lowe's. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.